I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Power of Audio, Science and AI. My guest today is my new friend, Margareta Andersson, a passionate woman that thrives on challenges, creativity and positivity. Just like me, she has a true entrepreneurial spirit and loves everything with sound. It was a passion for sound that landed her in the sound architecture industry. In 1996, Margareta started the sound production company Pretty Production, producing sound within the fields of advertisement, corporate films and sound branding. In 2009, the production company became an integrated brand in the multi-award winning agency Lexter Sound Design, also started by Margareta. The agency has since November 2020 been acquired by Efterklang, a part of EFRI. Lexter was established around the challenges of working with sound and scent design in the public environment. Now, more than a decade later, she and her team have successfully been working with sound concepts and has made installations for everything from shopping malls to banks and offices. Lexer has also created software such as Lexer Sound System Twan. Margareta has an advertising communication degree from Barry School of Communication. And on top of that, she has also studied behavioral and positive psychology and has a co-certification from Academia Coachanam, which is coach people within the field of business, entrepreneurship, and leadership. Margareta is now the section manager of FD Klang, a Scandinavian company with dedicated experts in engineering, architectural, music, and academia. In this episode, Margareta and I are going to discuss the ins and outs of sound architecture. With that, Margareta, I welcome you and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Congratulations to being acquired. How does it feel so far and how is it going? It feels uh, wonderful. It is a little bit hectic at the moment, um, but we're really happy. Uh, we are now integrated to something that is bigger. Uh, we have over 120 new colleagues in Efteklang, which is amazing. So now we can offer the, the whole world a really good quality sound environment. So we are um, happy, really, really happy, exciting. I'm so glad to hear this. And I've read that you love everything about sound. So now I'm interested to know when and what was your earliest memory of music and what is it about sound that fascinates you so much? Um, that is a, uh, in one way a difficult question uh, because when I was really young, I was more passion to drawing. Um, but it, I think I was passion to a lot of things that would stimulate me. But my earliest memory uh, wasn't music, it was actually uh, voices, mm. tone of voices. And um, the first uh, music and song that I fell in love with, well, first of all, I have bigger sisters. So I was like sneaking under their bed when they were doing the Beatles and Monkeys and those kind of <laughs> bands. But uh, that was, that, I, I wasn't really into that, but the first, um, melody that actually took me uh, was um, an old song that was like remixed 
and it's been remixed over and over again. But uh, there was a woman singing, singing and the song was one, uh, one Way Ticket to the Blues. Mm. And uh, the melody is what it is, uh, but I think her voice uh, was that actually grabbed my heart. Uh, so that is uh, my first really connection. I think I was around seven years old or something. Um, my parents, uh, because that, that record went on and on and on and on and on. Uh, repeat, <laughs> repeat, repeat. Yeah. So, yeah. And how does it feel to listen to that, uh, to that song and voice today? I did before our, our conversation now, because uh, I needed to fresh up my memory. What was the name of the woman I was singing? I couldn't remember it. And so I, I went on, on YouTube and I listened to it and it makes, it makes me smile. It makes me happy. Um, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I, we do have a lot in common, actually. Uh, the entrepreneur spirit, we love sound, we thrive challenges of creativity and positivity. And also yeah. we both studied at Bar School of Communication. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, what was it then in your inner motivational drive and curiosity as a girl that brought you to where you are today, becoming mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and working with sound architecture? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of years between when you and me went to Paris. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it is. Uh, but I think um, I, I, when I was young, I was always like searching for something. Um, and uh, as older you go, you, you realize what your, what you, where, your, where your fire is and, and what are you looking for. Um, I think it's more about a journey that you need to, to start to, to walk one direction and then that wasn't the right direction and then you find another direction. And if you're open-minded, there is opportunities along the road. And um, so I started first to work with economics. Mm. Um, yeah, and there, there was no fire in that. So, but that, that experience uh, uh, is good for me to have uh, during my, my, my journey, uh, especially when I'm open up my own business and everything. So, uh, but that wasn't my fire. And uh, then just an opportunity put me in, in a position where I start to work uh, in an advertising bureau. And, uh, and suddenly I felt like I belong. Mm. So that's when I start to go to Paris and all of those kind of things. And then I went abroad and I was working uh, quite many years abroad in different countries. And when I came back home, uh, I just realized that my fire is, uh, it is on the target, it is on what I want to do, but what's more, 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 more important is my personal values. Mm. So for me to, to run my business is an opportunity to, um, to decide myself, who am I gonna work with? Uh, what kind of personalities are, are those people that I'm gonna work with, both when it comes to colleagues and customers and suppliers or whatever, and uh, to feel free to, to, to be able to make my own decisions, mm. uh, create freedom in me. And when I feel free, I feel also very safe. Uh, money hasn't been my, my big uh, thing. Mm. Uh, you older you go, money gets more important because you realize there is an ending coming. Um, so, so money is like, of course, money is important, but, but my motivation is not connected with money. It's connected to, to values, 
uh, and people relations. Yeah. Very interesting. Now, now I've long answer. Up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the perfect. I was just gonna say that I feel more connected to you because it's it's I I feel the same. Okay. Uh, and and you've also done during your career started three successful companies, uh, which have two been in sound design. So let's start uh, with Pretty Production. Um, how do you start it? And mention a couple of success stories and learnings along the way. Mm. Well, there there's again uh, there is like. Um, circumstances opportunities um uh, i came i came home from my my uh, my years abroad uh, because i realized that i was like i had one foot in two different places and i had to make a choice like i'm gonna stay abroad or am i gonna go back home and then uh, my decision was to go back home and to start to work with with uh, advertising in sweden again and what were you doing sorry what were you doing abroad uh, abroad, I was working uh, in um, with marketing mm. and advertising, and uh, also building relationships mm. uh, with different companies when it comes to sale and marketing. So, uh, uh, so when I came home, I was like, okay, I, had I never worked with radio. Uh, I've been working at in that point. I've been working with um, television and other bits and pieces when it comes to advertising, but I I never touched uh, radio. So. Uh, when I came home, I realized that, okay, if I'm going to be good at project, to be a creative project leader in advertising, uh, I also need to know more about the media radio. So and radio was quite new in, in commercial radio was very new in Sweden in that time. Uh, we were second last after Albania, actually. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So then I started to work in, in a radio station. Um, and after just like a couple of weeks, I realized that I thought that radio in that time would be like dynamic, explosive. I could see like like a really good newspaper, you know, people running around busy and, you know, to be extremely creative. Uh, but it wasn't. It was very hierarchical, which was like really sad. Uh, it was an Australian company. And um, um, but at, at that point, I think I was three months in that station. But in that point, I realized that it doesn't make sense at all. So, because if I brought in a customer, uh, there was two people in there making coffee to do uh, coffee for the advertising. But the voices, the salespeople or marketing people were the voices on the advertising. Mm. So I ending up standing in a studio uh, doing recording for the big hotel chain Sheraton. <laughs> I just felt like this is insane. I, I'm not the voice of Sheraton. They need to, you know. Uh, and, 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 and in that time, there was like um, sound uh, bureaus that was working with big customers uh, like McDonald's and those huge advertising when it comes to radio. Mm. Uh, and then there was like in-house production at the stations. So there was like a market in between the one that had a good budget and the one that didn't have a budget at all. So I just thought like, what if I could, you know, penetrate that market? Uh, I know nothing about uh, sound technology. I know nothing about uh, copywriting, but I know advertising, building a relationship and, uh, and finding customers. 
And at that station, this is a really long story, but at that station, there was a person working with, with as a copywriter. Uh, he was a really funny, uh, dynamic guy. We didn't know each other very well, but I, his name is Ivan. So I went into him and I said, like, this sucks. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to open up my own business. Uh, do you want to join? And he said, I'm in. So, um, so that's how we started. Uh, I had a friend that had like a really old small shop in the center of Stockholm. It was like um, a 32 or 33 square meter. I called him up and I said like, hey, you, you don't use your store. Can I, can I rent it? And he said, here is the key. So we start to build our own studio. Uh, so that's how we started uh, in a small milk shop it was like an old milk shop that's mm. where we started mm. and uh, yeah and we found customers and we start to build up uh, uh, our brand and the company and um, we did we him and me had like a, a big difference of um, looking at uh, having your own business because if you start your own business you need to be ready to work yeah a lot yeah and earn zero to begin yeah. with uh, so what, what happened is that I bought him out, he stayed uh, uh, and had a salary and uh, from there we, we started to do like um, advertising for, I think we were lucky because we found a couple of companies that were young uh, and small uh, so we could build a brand through radio advertising which mm -hmm. gave us the, the market and uh, and uh, we start to grow quite uh, fast uh, and then the rest is history yeah yeah very interesting you have this uh, entrepreneur skill of finding gaps and, yeah. and making something out of it and that's how mm -hmm. you later on discovered that there was a challenge working with sound design in public em environment and with this knowledge then you established uh, Lexter back in 2009 yes so tell us then, what was the need in the market? What was the public spaces doing wrong or actually not doing enough? Uh, what happened is that uh, when I had my production company, uh, we also start to have customers. We work a lot with Disney, for an example, mm -hmm. and they had products that we want to bring out closer with the sound that we uh, produce. Uh, so, or, 2003-2004, I wanted to bring out those products with sound, mm. uh, but there was like no Google in that time, and and we know we knew how to bring it out and the sound, but we didn't know how to handle the technology in store. Mm. Um, so we started to search around that, and we couldn't figure it out. Uh, that was something that was just placed in my head that. Why isn't it possible to do this? There mm. must be some technology somewhere, uh, but it, but I, I I couldn't find it obviously. Uh, but the the thoughts start to grow and and then it grow bigger and bigger because when you start to enter a field where you think there is something a gap or something in there, uh, I was more more uh, I was more aware of um, how should I say the possibilities that you could do. Hmm. Uh, it the possibilities was in my head and I didn't know if the market uh, were sharing my thoughts. So we start to, to do bits and pieces for some customers where we, we, we were building this like small 
speakers, we put in uh, furnitures and stuff like that. So, uh, and then 2007, 2008, I started to find the technology and then it was like, boom, it was blowing up again. Uh, so 2009, uh, Lexter was just like a, a company where no, no employees, uh, we were just, uh, what should I say, we were more like um, trying to find out if the market wanted what we thought the market could need when it mm -hmm. comes to both like experience, but also uh, to create better sound environments. <laughs> And in that time, and it still is that a lot of, if you look at retail, for an example, mm. there's still many shops and stores that are playing music in alarm speakers, which mm. is totally insane. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of problems around that. First of all, the speaker are not made to, to provide good music quality. Mm. The second one is that uh, alarm speaker are placed to alarm, not mm. to give you a good experience uh, and the crew who's working in those areas might end up having a speaker above their head yeah. uh, eight hours a day so there's like a lot of problems in that um, so when we start to discover there is like there is a market that no one touch except from in-store music and <laughs> um, there's nothing else done uh, we just start to realize there is a, a enormous gap. There is a market for more companies than just my company. Hmm. Uh, so, um, so then you need to find customers to that would be ready to invest. Um, so then we start to hunt uh, customers uh, and also educated. It's not like uh, customers doesn't want good quality sound environment and sound design. It's it's a lot about knowledge. Uh, because we speak most of the time we speak about what we uh, visual see we don't mm -hmm. we don't pay attention so much to what we what we hear um, because we take hearing for granted a lot it, yeah. it will it will affect us when especially when we are in in environments that are bad for us we we will get stressed and we will have like a lot of things going on inside we might we might even leave a, a shop or a store or a mall yeah. or whatever uh, we don't we don't know exactly why but we didn't enjoy to be there and we're not going back back then how easy or, or challenging was it to convince the, the the retail store to 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 implement this and actually let you guys go yeah. in and, and make a change i would say it was like climbing a mountain mm. um, because uh, first of all you need to find if if it's like a, a small store it's 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 easy to find who to talk to mm. but we were trying to find like bigger bones <laughs> so then you need you need to have meetings with a lot of people uh, mm. because there is no budget for for or in that time there was like no budget for sound environment because nobody thought about it <laughs> no so you need you needed to to you know meet what people at the the marketing department you need to meet people at the concept department and then you need to meet people in the construction uh, field and put them at the same table because that when you explain that what sound can do for them no one would say no i don't want this 
Uh, they would the answer at that time would be uh, I would really enjoy to have what you're talking about but there is no budget mm. so we needed to find uh, different people in the same company put them at the table and they will together make a decision to take a bit of each budget to create a new budget so that's how we started to work with Orleans for an example mm. uh, it took me like one and a half year to even get close to something that uh, um, to, just to find the right people to get them at the same table and then we had the opportunity to do uh, 1200 square meter in the way that we were telling them mm -hmm. that this is what sound can actually do for you so when we implemented that sound design concept in the big um, uh, store in stockholm then our customer realized, aha, because there, there's something when it's ready, you know, when you speak about sound, it's not that interesting. You need to hear sound. Yeah, and you to need to, to be in the experiment. You need yeah, to show yeah. it. Yeah. And we didn't have we didn't have the customers a place to go to, really. Mm. So I, I, I would say our big um, breakthrough was when we uh, did the Mood Galleria. Mm, mm. because then uh, we had like a brave customer mm. um, we were invited uh, early on mm. and um, and then when we we brought the concept to show them the concept and the price of the concept yeah i felt yeah. like if they would if they would uh, be brave enough to do half of it it would be extremely good and mm. then they went all in and, mm. and it was like amazing yeah, uh, because then we had opportunity also to do all those things that was in the head. We we, ne we to be honest, we never made anything like that before. Mm. So mm. we had to, you know, find a way working through it. Yeah, and so, what yeah. I love about your title is sound architect, yeah. uh, because there's an architect, and everything with architecture is more mm -hmm. like everybody thinking is the visual side of it, and yeah. and now is the like the opportunity to once and for all change this and improve the architecture and the balance of noise levels in, yeah. in spaces and me myself I love the word aura architecture because it says the human experience of sound in spaces yeah. tell us about the role of a sound architecture and its importance and most importantly why is that um, like still fairly untapped opportunity in the business of architecture the to you know to if you go, if you're going to have a good sound environment no matter what if you are like a, um, a shopping mall or a co co office or what working or whatever it is um, people are going to be in the environment so you need to if you work with with the whole environment uh, the content is just one thing, the technology is another thing. Mm -hmm. Then you have to look at people, people's behavior. What are, what are people doing in this space? Mm -hmm. uh, there might be different activities going on at the same time. Um, so you need, first of all, you need to, to have a good talk with your customer about the brand, the experience, and then there's a lot of function. If you are in an office area, uh, you need people to feel good and in harmony. But there's also a lot of function. You need to have areas where it's like quiet and you need to have areas 
where it, it might be allowed to be a little bit more, uh, you know, to talk and to integrate with each other. So uh, if you're going to work with what I'm doing, uh, you need to be in control of people behavior, uh, the environment itself, what is the, the challenge in the environment, because there, there might be that you have to bring in a, a colleague that's working with acoustics. So the environment itself have to be tolerated to, to bring in sound and people's behavior and then good technology and the technology need to be placed where it's supposed to be placed uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to the concept and the experience. And then of course the, the, the productions, the sound and music. So if you do just one of those uh, bit in the cake, you're not going to have a, a good uh, sound environment. Mm. You need to, to take every piece and combine it to, so you have like a holistic point of view. And then you need also to make sure that the, the content is going to be fresh all the time to give something for the experience. Well, it's a living organism, right? You can't just create it once and then no. hope for it to to, to 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 fit in. And I, the way you're explaining it is the way I've done events for 15, like 15 years is like you need to make sure that all elements fit. And then when you put yeah. the music, it's when the the elements start dancing. Uh, you also state the the right sound in the right place to the right person. Explain yeah. this for us and how important it is. I think it's uh, it is all about that because in the in the uh, the hearing is the only uh, how should you say the omni channel we have mm. uh, because you 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 are actually your ears are taking in sound from each side in front of you behind you under over yeah three hundred sixty mm. everything is like spinning around and. And if you are in any environment, there will be sound in there, no matter what. As soon as there is humans, we are creating sound. We're talking that sound. There is like shoes or whatever we're doing uh, on tables. There is sound all over the place. And then also environments itself has sounds like from ventilation systems or um, if you're tapping on, on your computer or whatever. So there is always a lot of sound going on in the same time. And... Uh, we are not taking in one sound at a time. All the sound that is around is what you're actually hearing. So when you are doing sound design in, in any public environment, people cannot choose themselves. If you're home, in your own home, you can make a decision. What am I going to listen to? How am I going to listen to it? Um, but if you are in an, a co-working office or a shopping mall, you don't have that opportunity if you don't go walking around with your own headphones on someone else is making the decision what are you, what are you going to consume when it comes to sound so when you bring in bring in or taking out sound uh, you always have to be considered about what is the sound of this environment before we even do anything mm. uh, so that is like one thing what do we want what is it that we want to do what 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 kind of order is the customer giving us so that is that thing and those two has to be blend together to create a good sound environment. Mm -hmm. So if I don't consider the sound that's already existing, I don't have a clue what I'm producing mm -hmm. because I could, you know, if we are in our studio, everything is going to sound good. Mm -hmm. 
is it really going to sound good when it's blending into what's already existing in there yeah so then you need to uh, do a recording of existing sounds or if the building is not there because it might not be built Mm. Uh, we we do have the knowledge so we we know what it's what it's probably going to sound like so when you blend them two together that's when you have the the sound that actually going to penetrate people's hearing and uh, to create the, the right sound for the, the right person, uh, you need also to know who is the person? Mm-hmm. Who is the person who's going to be in this environment? And it might not only be the target group, it could also be the uh, staff. So there might be many target groups that's actually going to be in the environment. So you need to find a concept that is going to give something to everybody. And... Um, to create good, a good sound environment that is designed, there is also uh, cycles. And a cycle could be like the, the daily cycle in morning, lunch, afternoon, evening. Or it could be uh, cycles that the customer has. So the, the sound content should be able to follow the, the cycles. And to be able to do that, you need to have technology and productions that is going to bring the right experience and feelings out for the target groups. Mm-hmm. Now, it's very interesting uh, what you're saying, especially like in a space, there's so much things going on, but there's also a lot of um, furniture, for example, or, or things that an architect had designed and different material observed a uh, different kind of uh, sound. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like you design it with the eyes, but it's not until you walk the space afterwards when it's filled with a crowd of people that you start yeah. figuring out the sound. And you've done an amazing project. So let's start one by one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with the co-working spaces. Um, I did a conference speech uh, at an architecture conference in Mexico where I spoke about the negative effect of open spaces yeah. and that pre-corona we spend majority of our lives in office spaces with lots of unbalanced noises that you're explaining which in long term that a lot of people actually not talking about is it has mm-hmm. negative effect on well-being yeah and we we what, what we do is that we learn to just uh, close it you know but actually is affecting us negatively and it is a correlation between office noise and stress levels So I'm interested for you to tell us about your sound architecture process when you're working with co-working spaces. And Mm -hmm. please share examples. For example, what is the need, the outcome? And most importantly, once you've designed it, what is the effect of your design? Well, I think the first thing uh, is that to remember that people are uh, different. we're different as personalities, and then we can also be different. We have different needs depending on uh, how do I feel today. Mm. So some people are always uh, better focused when they are around a lot of sound. They don't, they don't have a problem with music going on. They might even be more happy to be in a cafe working uh, with a little bit of noise and interaction with other people. Some people cannot focus on that at all. Uh, they need to be by themselves, should be quiet, so they can focus. So th- the first thing when it comes to a co-working, like an open office area, is to remember that, okay, all the people that's going to be here, uh, they are different. Uh, so 
you need to create a um, good sound environment for all the types of personalities. Uh, because if I'm having like one task where I'm going to be like very uh, creative, for an example, maybe I want to be in an environment with a little bit more of sound. Mm. Uh, I'm not, I don't necessarily talk with other people, but I'm, I'm totally comfortable with other people talking or there might be some sort of music going on. Uh, four hours later, I'm doing something else where I need to be totally focused. So uh, in, in uh, open office spaces or co-working, um, I would recommend to have all of it. You can build uh, environments where you have during lounge areas, um, coffee machines and those kind of things. Uh, you can actually allowed it, it, it to be maybe with lounge music or something with with sounds going on and then um, if you have like a line uh, this is like a lot of sound and then in the end no sound at all mm -hmm. because we as humans we we learn immediately where to find certain things because that is how we function uh, then, because if you do that, uh, then you did one thing that I think is totally necessary. You give people an opportunity to choose where am I going to be today? I'm going to be there or there or in the middle. What is my task today? How do I feel today? Mm. Uh, if, you, if you do that, then, then you gave people the opportunity and you also uh, do something that are masking in the same time. Uh, when it comes to f uh, flex offices, where there's like a lot of a um, lot of people may be working very focused. You need to put in some sort of sound masking because otherwise people are going to hear like everything. Mm. And if you get interrupted with when you're uh, focused, it might take you up to 15 minutes to get that focus back again. So if you're interrupted 10 times a day, there is like a hell of a lot of 15 minutes going on. Mm. Uh, so you need maybe to do like both designed, uh, designed sounds and then masking sounds uh, and combine them in a nice way so people uh, can choose. And then, of course, um, you need also when you build an office like that, think about like, should I put the coffee machines nearby the, the quiet area? No, you should not, because we are we love our coffee and we are talking. We're having the small talks around the coffee. So if there's like a person five meters away, it's not going to be a quiet area. No. So you also need to 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 figure out where you're going to place certain things, because I, I think it's sad when you when you come into open office area and you see people working with the headphones on. They have noise cancelling on or they play some music. Uh, I think the whole point of open offices are gone because an open office area is a lot about us integrating with each other. Mm. Mm. So, uh, yeah. C can you give us an example of a client that you've worked with? Yeah, we've been doing uh, uh, two big offices, one in Gothenburg and a huge one uh, that we launched now in December for Vasa Kronan. Mm -hmm. uh, and Vasa Kronan has, um, in, in Stockholm, there is, it's called um, Arena Sariel, which is four levels. Uh, so I think in total is 22,000 square meter. 
and the top floor is uh, Vasa Krona's headquarter, and the three other floors are co-working. And uh, so what we brought in there is uh, a lot of sounds. Uh, in open areas where people are allowed to integrate, we have music. Uh, we have special like uh, surprise sounds uh, when you go to the bathroom, <laughs> because that is also a thing that offices today have bathroom in the in the working space, mm. which means that you you just leave your 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 chair and you go maybe two three meters to to the to the bathroom, and there is like not really good privacy in there. Mm. Uh, so if you bring in sound, you create the privacy for people to actually be private when they go to the bathroom. Uh, so we have like different uh, bathrooms with one is playing discos, one is playing tropical sound and so on. And then uh, we built in, um, they have open uh, fire plates uh, in, in, um, in, not in every level, but I think in two or three levels where we put in locally sounds from an open fire. Because of course the open fires to have are, are not like, Really they're not functional they're just there for the for visual and yeah, then but they are like the and when you put yeah and when you bring the sound into that you can actually uh, feel that you're getting warmer mm, yeah because that is also psychology yeah and yeah. Um, and then we have a, a, a lot of uh, transportation sounds in in, um, in in open areas we have well there's a lot of playful sounds but it's also a lot of function sounds so um there is soundscaping, there is sound masking, and there is sound design, and mm -hmm. we we have to bring it in together. So the you shouldn't feel like okay, I'm in a lot of sound now. Oh God, I'm in no sound at all. It has to be seamless mm -hmm. and good in in that environment. Good, I think, good quality sound design is when it's a part of everything. The sound is uh, is visual, is going hand in hand uh, with the visual and the concept and the brand, mm -hmm. and you shouldn't think so much about it. But if you enter one morning or any time on the day and the sound is out, you should feel immediately there's something is missing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you should, in one way, good good quality sound design and sound environment. You should take it for granted. Yeah, you should yeah. think about it. Well, they but do say that, that that a great sound, uh, or when it when it's integrated so well with the visual, that you actually don't realize it. Yeah. Right. And then you're spot on. Then you're spot on. Yeah. And yeah. talking about the toilet, my, my, I had an experience uh, when I was at a, a Russian restaurant that was behind the base. Um, that when you went to the toilet, it was teaching you Russian. <laughs> and, okay. and I was pretty young, I think I was 21. And I'm like, okay, but I'm yeah. not interested in learning Russian, yeah. but it's so boring to go to the toilet. Yeah. So it became a fun thing of going back to the table and like, oh, I learned these two words and yeah. it becomes a conversation. Yeah. Was that maybe in uh, United Spaces? Could have been, or the Kobege yeah. or something. That was this yeah. restaurant in the corner. Okay. Yeah, uh, up there, and and then I figure out, wow, it's it's just like a, a space that people forget about that yeah. you can create amazing gives, stuff. Yeah, and you just in in that point, you're giving someone something funny, yeah, and something that you actually quite many years after still remember and talking about. 
Yeah, and no, when I lived in Barcelona, yeah. the, the, I was at a club. And then when, when you go into the, uh, uh, the bathroom, there was a woman yeah. DJ there. And oh, I, I never forget yeah. about it. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so no, those... Because with sound, yeah, I think even in, a, in an open office area, you could have playful things going on, but you need to, to have them quite focused on just a small area then. Mm. So mm. in Stockholm yeah. for Krona, we ha they have like a big um, a tassel. It's mm. like an oversized tassel that is in an area where people are getting together and also an area if they want to have like uh, after work or, or a, a speech or something. Mm. It's a, like a really big, nice lounge area. Mm. We brought in this huge tassel. So if you want to have people's attention, you pull the tassel and there is like a sound. It's not only one. There's like we're shuffling the sound so you never know exactly what sound is coming. Mm. And, and it's just like a funny thing that makes people go like, yeah, to have a good laugh and like, why is that tassel there? Yeah, why not? Well, it brings the experience, right? It's like almost bringing the gaming and, and brands can use it to, to create memorable, memorable experiences in yeah. their spaces. Yeah. Now I'm interested to know with the new now, uh, with the effect of the pandemic, when people are mostly working from home, yeah. how will offices be shaped in the future and how can sound design help to improve this new environment? I think that when, when we are going back to whatever the new normal is, uh, I think there's going to be a huge market for co-working and uh, open offices. Hmm. I think it's going um, to increase. Um, and in that point, I also think it's extremely important that the owner of the office uh, taking care of not only the sound environment, the, the environment in total. Uh, people don't want to be behind big uh, screens like hiding. Um, we, I think we, we want to meet again, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we've been in our own corners working from home or whatever. We, need to, we, we are longing to integrate. Uh, to see each other, to have those sort of meetings going on again. So uh, in that point, I think to take care of your sound environment uh, is going to be even more uh, important. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think to have um, to have the function that people can choose, like, do I want to be in a busy uh, area or do I want to be in a quiet area or in between, it's going to be necessary. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we will meet, <laughs> we, we will start to integrate with each other, but we still have to work. Mm. Uh, mm. We still have to function. So uh, I think it, it is important then if I'm coming in in the morning and I want to integrate with other people, there is, would be a social area for me to do that, mm. where I'm allowed to talk and there is sound going on. And then when I'm done with that, I might be I might stay there to work, or maybe I need to have that sort of a focus, but then I could go away to another area uh, where I have the sound masking function, I can focus, uh, and with sound masking, I don't mean white noise, I mean good um, for us humans uh, sound masking. Yeah, yeah. Which will be 
combined to the nature in somehow. Yeah, they, they, as you say, if you want people to stay longer, it's also important to create that environment. And a lot of places when they're not working with the sound design, it actually does the opposite. It, it, it like drags a lot of energy out of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you f find that you haven't done proper work. Another mm. architecture design area that is important uh, is the privacy and a comfortable waiting experience when visiting a bank office. Yeah. Uh, you work with the, one of Sweden's biggest banks where you mm -hmm. especially work with what you're saying, sound masking. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that experience. Well, uh, when it comes to, to not only banks, but a lot of public spaces, uh, what we see today is that they, they more than, uh, start to get more than design, which means they are all like open, uh, like big lounges. And we do the old fashioned way if we went to the bank, you know, you would take your, your number and you will wait and then you would have like your own space with the, with the bank person. It's not like that today because everybody is in the same room which means that everybody can hear everything. So uh, what we, uh, the bank we're working with is Swedbank. So what we're doing for them is that when you're coming into any bank, no matter if it's small or large, there will always be the bank people. Uh, you will always have some sort of a number and there is dedicated uh, waiting areas where there is like magazines or a coffee machine and sofas and so on. So what we're doing there is that we're building special sound roofs that we are putting above the, the waiting areas. And we do it with something that called uh, directional speakers. And directional speaker is a technology that um, we can actually calculate the, the, the spreading of the sound. So if the area where people are gonna be waiting is uh, let's say uh, 20 square meters or 40 square meters, then we know that uh, also from the floor to the ceiling, we know how much is gonna be, uh, the sound is gonna be uh, spread. Uh, so we're building uh, with the technology, we're building these unique roofs and then we producing sound that would be take care of. Um, it is like if you're standing talking with the bank person and I'm like three, four meters away from you in this area, if there's no sound going on, I, I will be able to hear your personal number, your account number, and what your your problems or your issues are, or whatever you're gonna get solved. Uh, but when I'm under the the sound roof, uh, I can hear your mumbling, but I cannot hear. Uh, when it comes to understanding word, the consonants is what makes us understand the word. Mm. So we are actually tuning out the consonants. So I can hear your mumbling if I'm focused on that, uh, but I cannot understand what you're talking about. Um, so the, the, the sound that we produced is also uh, branded because this bank has like an old oak tree uh, as a visual logo. So the bank have like oaks and other green um, uh, things in the environment. So in the sound, we're also putting in nature sound and ambient music, which means that it's also very relaxing. People are stressing down uh, and you don't pay attention at all at the mumbling. Wow. And if you would do, mm -hmm. you wouldn't understand uh, the conversation. 
Wow. It so, feels, uh, yeah, it feels like with the sound, you're bringing, you're bringing the brand alive. I, I love that experience. I, yeah. I could even feel it without hearing the, 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 the sound. Good. I think it's, it's uh, <laughs> if it is the bank or an office space or shopping mall or whatever, it's always a brand behind and the, the brand should be a part of the sound. Even if it's like in a small way, it should always be there. Because if you go to one bank offices and you go to another one in another town or in the, in the same city, you would recognize yourself. Yeah, and the feeling also, because if you see the visual uh, logo of that bank, yeah. and you had that experience of calm and, and, and yeah. you know, wood and so on, once you're mm -hmm. looking at the image, that is the, the, the power of sound that yeah, it, it evokes that amazing yeah. emotions back to you and you yeah. feel a comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love that. And because it, I think it's, mm. I think it's important to, to also when, if you work with sound, you could always, uh, with the right sound, you could always uh, make people think and feel that a room are bigger than mm. it is mm. uh, or smaller. Uh, and cleaner or whatever. So you could actually, if you work with sound in the right way, I would say it's a little bit of a Harry Potter thing going on there, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes, magic. Actually, yeah, you could you could actually um, um, paint things with sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. As I said, like you you can make the the, the paintings or the elements in a room come alive. Yeah. They, they are sitting where they are, but that's the thing with our emotions, our imagination, like, yeah, yeah, becomes alive. And, <laughs> and the sound affects us all the time. I mean, we are uh, surrounded with, with sounds that we don't, we just take it for granted, you know, with, when your phone is ringing or a push signal that's telling you you got an email or whatever. There is like so, so much uh, communication going around all the time with sound that we, we, ne we never really talk about it or we just take it for granted. It is what it is. If Even if you're crossing a street, you know, you, you don't have to see if it's a, a, a red or green light. You could actually follow the sound if yeah. you're allowed to walk or not. But then you should look anyway because there might be a car coming, but uh, <laughs> there's something else. So sound is something that is taking care of us uh, all the time. Wow, wow. I'm so, so intrigued at what can come more. And, and talking about uh, shopping malls, in 2012, mm -hmm. the shopping mall yeah. moved Stockholm opened its doors. Yeah. And you guys were given the honor to do the Sound Architect, which has yeah. become one of the Europe's largest sound design concepts, concept with like 22 different sound zones, about 100 unique sound productions. And as you mentioned before, that in this project, you were actually in the beginning of the development yeah. and be able to create a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. uh, walk us through this uh, process and the challenges you face. And I'm also interested to know which sound development were you most uh, proud of? When, when it comes to Move Stockholm, I think I said before, like we have like a really brave customer because the, the whole idea of Move Stockholm from the beginning was that they wanted to create something that wasn't existing. Uh, which I think they did because that was the first mall with all the open restaurants in the shopping and, and you, you, you've been to Mood Stockholm mm, so you know what yes. it looks like yeah so um, um, we we had the project when it was only like a big hole of concrete um, uh, so 
we had, of course, to to um, study all the the drawings and and uh, to see where is everything gonna be. Uh, it, the the mall was also integrated in different, um, uh, how do you say, different target groups in one way. Uh, so uh, one of the uh, the first, um, I would say, two entrance and uh, half of the first upper level uh, was called Notting Hill. And then uh, from Notting Hill, you went into something called Desire. And then you went from Desire into something called Everyday. Mm. And Everyday was about everyday shopping. Desire was uh, stores that was more to Desire, actually. And uh, the Notting Hill was more like uh, casual uh, clothing and those kind of things. And then you had all of those restaurants inside and outside. And you also had a lot of artwork. Uh, on the outside, you have three huge artwork. And on the inside, you have two artworks. So uh, we had to take care of the sound environment and the design uh, to be combined of course with the with the brand and with the visuals and um, also to make it seamless between those different areas we wanted notting hill to be a little bit more flowering uh, we wanted desire to feel more desirable and we wanted uh, every day to be more electronic when it comes to the sound, mm -hmm. uh, which they still are. Um, so we, we made special productions uh, and technology for the different artworks where we were working with the artists of that artwork. Uh, so they are very different and very unique. And uh, then on the inside, we wanted to have those, the feeling together with the concept changing depending on where you were in the building. Um, and then bathrooms and there's like, uh, and the outside garden, there was like a huge uh, concept. So, but then we need also to, you need um, in, um, in yourself, you need to feel that you are in mood. So we need to find um, elements that would be something that we could implement everywhere. Uh, so we have like a special singing bird that is no matter where you are, she's singing. Mm -hmm. We have electronical sound that is also no matter where you are, uh, together with the singing bird and um, some other ambient sounds. So we are producing it in layers, so to speak. So there is one sound that is everywhere in the building, uh, up and under and everywhere. And on top of that, we're putting in the, the layer of content that is unique for the zone you are uh, in or the zone you're going to enter. And you also need to put the technology in the right way so it's not going to be bumpy. Mm. You just have to be seamless and you know floating around. Um, and when it comes to the artworks, you want people to, to feel the sound of the artwork uh, in the same time as they're looking at the, the art. But that has, we don't want it to blend in too much. So you need to find technology 
and sound that would be able to stay in the area where you want it to be. And when it comes to Move Stockholm, uh, one of the things is that they want, the owner of Move Stockholm wants you to feel very much at home, uh, but also that you are, uh, even though you're inside, they want you to feel like you're actually part-time outside. Hmm. So um, there was a, like a lot of things to, to pull together. And then of course, uh, when you put technology up, you have to be careful. You don't want to play Mood Stockholm's content into the store. Hmm. So you need to, to figure out where should we place the, the technology to get the right walking for the, 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 for the customer and uh, without interfering with other brands. Hmm. So, yeah. And, and which, which, uh, which sound pro uh, production would you say that you remember the most or that you're most proud of? Wow. Um, I can't say because I would say that Mode Stockholm was uh, for, for me and, uh, and the things that I had in my head for so many years to find this customer that... Uh, had the braveness to actually say we believe in you and your team we want not to do bits and pieces we want to have it all um, I would say that Mood Stockholm would always have like a special place in my heart because without Mood Stockholm um, I'm not 100% sure that we would have the opportunity to to run and continuing mm. as we did after that, because it became like a, for us a huge uh, success. We also added scent into the mm. sound design. So we, we had like a special areas where we put unique scent in for, for the brand. So I would say I'm in a personal level, uh, I, I, I also enjoy to be at Mode Stockholm because I like it. I, I do. Maybe that is like, oh, but I do. I think it's it's great. And and now yeah. nine years later, how has it been? Like, what has the effect been? Have you been able to capture that? It's 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 difficult to measure because if you're going to measure the impact of the sound, you need actually to take the sound away mm -hmm. and to ask people how they feel about it, and then you put the sound um, on again. And because <laughs> what we do is like. It's a design sound, so it's not sound uh, giving traffic to a product hmm. because that is much easier. Yeah. Because then you can measure, uh, you can measure how much more are you selling of the product. You can measure time, and during the Corona now, uh, not only in Mood Stockholm, we can see for all the customers we have, especially in retail, that the sound is so important because if you enter a shopping mall or Orleans or any store and there is no sound on you're gonna feel you don't you're not gonna feel very like um, happy you're gonna be quite mellow and low mm. the sound is giving you the opportunity to feel that there's something going on uh, it's stimulating you so um, if we're taking the sound away from old Stockholm there will be a lot of the brand falling apart inside Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and our customer knows that 100% because they still have feedback about the sound. There's still, still today, nine years later, 
even if we we maintain the sound the brand has also the brand was what it was in that time today the brand is something else mm. and the good sound design is following the brand so of course we've been changing the 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 audio branding and other bits the bird is still there the electronic sound is still there but uh, when it comes to the sort of music might have changed during the year so uh, to to maintain is also important so you keep your sound environment fresh and uh, and in this case quite urban mm, mm. Yeah. well you, you you as you say with the birds there's something that will be an element that people with will connect with mood Stockholm yeah. and also the audio branding if you create a DNA which means mm -hmm. that there's certain sound or certain ways you yeah. want people to feel in that then you can you need to change the music so it doesn't become repetitive yeah. uh, and also during nine years there's so much else happening campaigns mm -hmm. people new yeah. things coming in new colors going mm -hmm. And then the, the sound has to be de developed on that. Yeah, what amazing. But when you have, yeah, but when you have like a, a concept like Mood Stockholm, of course they they are changing the inside when it comes to Christmas or or uh, uh, spring or whatever. Uh, there is like decoration coming up, mm. and then the 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 sound concept should be able to to follow. Yes. Uh, to to have like. Uh, elements from from the from winter and santa claus whatever is going on what i think is interesting with sound stockholm is that people a customer are still contacting our customer which is rmf because mm. they want to buy certain sounds where can i buy them i think that is a good mm -hmm. um, interesting a little bit of story in the heaven uh, that people want to bring the sound home and uh, we we will never sell the sound because oh, you won't. Stockholm. No. Ah. no i was going to the say that asked us, can we do and we go like i don't think you should because mm. uh, it is unique for mood stockholm interesting because i've heard some people say that uh brands should start thinking about that the sound they're creating unique for themselves they can trademark mm -hmm. it and start yeah. earning money revenue through that if yeah. people want to bring the experience with them home to connect even which deeper I, with the brand mm. yeah which which i would agree on if it is like um, a store chain or something mm. uh, let's say hollister for an example mm. Mm. yeah of course uh, if there is a you could always you know uh, like a store chain like Orleans, uh, mm. there whatever we're playing there could be open you know mm. for people to just go on spotify or whatever mm. uh, but i think when it comes to a shopping mall it's like it's one shopping mall mm. that has like a unique unique statement i don't think you should bring that too far away understand understand because the shopping mall is there for the stores so now let's talk about one of your projects that i'm totally blown away by because you guys don't just design sound for public spaces and brands. You also work with your own uh, innovational projects and Impossible Run is one of them yeah. where you experiment provided the accuracy of hyperdirectional sound technology. Mm -hmm. Walk us through this experiment, especially where did you come up with such a brilliant and life-changing idea using sound? It is a very long story. I'm going to try to keep it shorter. <laughs> yes. um, uh, but 
The thing is that we had a phone call from um, an organization that is working with people that can't see at all or just can see very, very little. Uh, it's called Synskadades Riksförbund. But we had a phone call from a guy and he they're going to have like a big, um, um, a big event where they're inviting people from the whole, well, the whole country in Sweden. Uh, and they are, most of them don't have, they're totally blind, most of them. And he was curious if it was possible to guide people with sound. So if we can have like a unique sound telling, telling this target group that if you follow this sound, it would take you to the restaurant. If you're following this sound, it would take you to the, uh, to the conference. Mm. And um, so um, we said, like, well, yeah, we, we, let's give it a try because we do have the technology. Uh, so, uh, but we said, like, let's, let's have a meeting. And when he called me and I spoke with this man, his name is Leif, uh, he, his conversation was like, he was totally seeing because he said, like, like my wife that can't see at all. And then I thought that, okay, his wife cannot see at all, but obviously he can. So we invited this group uh, to our office and we prepared like normal, you know, we had like cases on the screen, we prepared the showroom, we had like coffee and fruit and cake and blah, blah, blah. And then we saw the taxi coming and out of the taxi, there is four people coming with, with blind stickers. Mm. So we realized we are now having four, we're gonna have a customer meeting with four people that can't can't see at all so put the screens down you know what i mean like how are we going to handle this meeting so they enter they enter our office and we we felt we, we really felt stupid because we didn't really know how to handle the situation so i said to this slave like this is the first time we have a meeting with with uh, with blind guests so you need to help us so uh, you will have whatever you need from this meeting so we had a, like a brilliant meeting. We had so much fun, but that meeting gave us an understanding of like, if you, if you can see and you put the blindfolder on, uh, it's not the same thing at all because I know what the room looks like. A person who can't see at all doesn't have a clue. How big mm -hmm. is the room? What, where is the furniture? They, they have the, uh, they can with, because they're sensitive they might feel how many people that are in the room, but they don't know if there's like another door, is there windows, what, what is, you know. So we start to realize like we have knowledge, we have stuff that other people could use and it would make a big difference from, for them. So we made this event and we managed to do uh, the sounds for, with directional speakers for people to navigate. And that gave us like, what else can we do with this? So we started to talk with some other people and um, uh, then we had an opportunity to speak with a bureau called Macan. And uh, so we started to do a casting. We spoke with these people on Synskada Riksförbund. Uh, if, if we can do some sort of, uh, if, they, if they had people that wanna be involved in a project 
uh, we didn't first of all realize what what kind of project should we do so we start to to read more and more and more about what is it if you can't see at all uh, how do you how do you become like an olympic athlete if you can't see how is that even possible so um, then we we found out that if you are running you're always running with someone you know you you, you combine to someone else oh. that can see and uh, if that person if if you're better than that person you're not going to be as good as your potential yeah uh, and if that person gonna snubble or something uh, and fall then you're not going to be you, you you're not going to enter the race so there's and, and if that person is going to show not going to show up for your training so there's like we go like this is crazy this is insane this is like old-fashioned why is this and then we start to look like on, on other sports where uh, a person can see is screaming to the, the the blind person 100 meters 75 50 25 jump you go like is this how it's you know it's insane what if that person is like just looking a little bit like this half a second so then we figure out it's a lot of blind people get a lot of injury they they can't train with full potential so we we that was like gave us just something like can we do something because you can navigate with sound can can this group do this so that's how it started it was something that was boiling in in me and and a couple of my colleagues head and then we spoke with then we start to do bits and pieces in the office where we were walking around with blindfolded <laughs> and then we start to realize like we need to have a blind person involved so we went out on facebook and we found oscar and then we had Macan that was like helping us to communicate about this because we wanted to do something that we would not uh, earn money on that we could give away to someone that could actually take it and do something good with it. So uh, the impossible run took us two years behind the scenes to do with, with uh, different technology, with training with Oscar, uh, finding locations where we can build up the technology and uh, and the rest is history so when we realize it is working because it was really it was really exciting to see like every time we we're going to do the experiment with Oscar he was combined to the person he was training with uh, you know to warm up and then that person put him you know with where the speakers are and then he was by himself and he was running 60 meters straight on with the wow. help of the sound mm. so uh, we wanted you know to find someone that could actually take this project to fly and uh, we had the opportunity to, to be in channel four in the morning and um, the only thing that we said like we have to we have to say that we want to get in contact with para, para sport with mm. the organization Parasport and um, uh, and we did we managed to get it out and they called us and they knew about the project so uh, now we are working continue working with the project together with Parasport and uh, also we got foundation or not we Parasport got foundation from uh, Vinova uh, so now we we are training with uh, uh, the real elites of uh, blind athletes so it's fantastic
Wow, I'm getting goosebumps because I'm feeling like this, you know, sound has such a magical yeah. uh, power of, of doing yeah. good. And, yeah. and, and that and is really the power of sound. Helpful. Yeah. And, yeah. and it is so inspiring. Uh, well done on that. Yeah, um, thank you. <laughs> but you guys then also like talking about technology you develop your own like systems and you yeah. have a digital platform that you develop called yeah. twang yeah what is it about your technologies that they're solving in the market that was lacking when we uh, when we did mode 2012 well it went live 2012 but we actually started to do mode already on drawings um 2010 um, I thought it would be uh, like you have when it comes to how you privately consume music there's a lot of good platforms and softwares for that mm -hmm. so I thought like there must be of course for the um, on the professional side as well so we start you know to hunt for for that kind of software and uh, there was no software for what we wanted to do. We wanted a software to be able to schedule, of course, uh, time, day, year. We wanted the, the software to be able to bring out different content on different um, scheduling with different volumes. Uh, we also wanted the, the software to be able to bring out different layer of sound. And we also wanted the software to, if you want to put out like uh, messing, uh, some sort of a message uh, that you could actually do it on, on, on exact time. Uh, so, um, and then we wanted the software to tell us if it wasn't playing and also for the customer to have some sort of remote. Um, so the software should, you know, if we're telling that like this zone is gonna start six o'clock in the morning, on the volume, blah, 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 with this content. Eight o'clock, you're gonna change content to this content. You're gonna play it between eight and nine. Nine o'clock, you're gonna change content again, and you're gonna put the volume up. Two o'clock, you're gonna take the volume down. Four o'clock, you're gonna change content, uh, put the volume down or up or whatever. And let's say nine o'clock in the evening, uh, you should just tell people like, thank you for visiting, see you tomorrow and goodbye. And then it's gonna close down. Um, there was no software like that. So we had to figure out how are we gonna, how are we gonna bring out the concepts, the sound design concepts we want to do. Uh, it's not gonna be possible if we cannot do this. Mm -hmm. We need a software because otherwise it's just gonna be a playlist. Uh, it's just gonna be a volume. Uh, and someone, the customer has then to go somewhere in, in in their phone or somewhere to put the volume up or down or whatever. It, it doesn't make sense. No. Um, so, um, so then we, we found people that was helping us building it. And now we are launching um, a, a new one in, I think it's gonna be launched in March, April, where we actually develop even more. We've been developing new, new things all the time, of course, uh, but now we're changing the, the platform and the software totally. Yeah. Oh wow! I can't. I can't yeah. wait to see more of it. And when you talk about sound and music, then I'm interested to understand how much of it do you produce in house, or, or how much of it do you like source? 
we do both. I think if you're going to have like, uh, uh, like a store chain like Oleensk or Mood Stockholm, there is no way that you can produce all the content yourself because it's not going to be very good content in the end. Hmm. I mean, if you're going to create like a, a good, a good music, a good song, first of all, you, you need to be not even the most uh, successful song songwriters are making quality hits all the time. Mm. So to have really good quality music, you need to buy good quality music. Um, so we buy a lot of, of uh, uh, music, of course, because we have a professional license, so we can buy any music we want, and we do. And then we produce also, of course, if you do audio branding, uh, that is totally 100% composed by us. And, and uh, if you do unique sound productions, uh, and of course, sound layering and, and nature sounds, all of that we are producing. But when it comes to music, if you want to have good quality music, you should be able to buy everything mm -hmm. that really, really good people already created. And, and looking into your career of decade of, of doing what you are doing, what would you say is the most challenging part versus the most like easy part of, of working in sound architecture? When, when interior designers are doing what they're good at and uh, uh, architects are doing what they're good at or whoever is involved, to have like, I think it's about communication, you know, to for people and when when every field are doing what they are best of and you talk with each other and you you are in the same team so to speak that's when you bring out good quality results um so i think it, it's the best actually when the customer is trusting you and the interior designers and other people to have that um, field together because when it comes, for one example, if you look at Vasa Kronan in Stockholm and even in Gothenburg, the interior designers uh, were really open-minded and really enjoying working with us. So we could also help them in certain fields where we said like, oh, hey, listen, that is not going to be very good in that position because the sound is going to bump and you're going to have like a problem with it. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, communication i would say uh, and let let people do what they're good at trust other people and mm. share knowledge and the teamwork of inviting sound in that environment yes. yeah and letting it do what it's best at and yes. well your new role uh, as at fd clang what mm. will you do going forward to change this industry and what will what future projects are coming I think now when we are a part of FT Klang, it's, um, it's brilliant because FT Klang has people who's working with sound and vibration and acoustics, and a lot of engineering. And uh, we are coming from the design field, which means that a customer, instead of like maybe go to three different places to buy three different competence, they could actually just turn themselves uh, to after Klang and we will help them with the whole process, mm -hmm. which means that uh, when acoustics are starting, maybe it's going to be building acoustics. A lot of customers will think it's 
it's too early to even speak about sound design, but it's not. Mm. Because if you start to have that communication very early, you are saving money and you also uh, getting a very much better result when it comes to both acoustics and the sound design because they are actually good sound design uh, are, are really, really good when the acoustics and the sound and vibration are functioning. So it's like putting two hands together. Uh, so what is coming up now, uh, interesting cases is, uh, I can't really give you the customers, uh, but we, there is a big office going on, for an example. We only been integrated since uh, uh, January, so we, we, we're still in January, so it's, it's quite early. Uh, but uh, there is um, one project in Denmark coming up, uh, one in the south of, of Sweden, and uh, some other bits and pieces, yeah. And, and the last question would be, what practices like would you want to say to brands out there to start implementing uh, sound architecture in their process? I would say, first of all, uh, create a budget. Make sure you have a budget that would take care of, call it sound environment. Uh, it doesn't have to be sound design. It could be take care of like the acoustic part or uh, make yourself, you know, to have good quality audio branding or all of it. But um, take some money uh, dedicated for for sound environment or sound, whatever you want to call it, call it sound. Mm. Uh, uh, that is something that I think would be uh, helpful. And uh, also the second one is that you're always welcome as a customer to Efteklang. Uh, but you can make sure that you have someone helping you that are professional in the field. Mm. Because when it comes to sound, a lot of people have opinions, of course, because sound all, uh, normally brings us away to music immediately. And every person has their own opinion about what is good music or bad music or whatever. <clears throat> but when it comes to sound design, it's not only music. Mm. Music is a bit of it, might be, not necessary, but most of the time it's involved. So then you need to, to have a partner that could help you with the, with the, with the behavior field and function and, and the audio branding and the technology and the acoustics. So you will have the holistic thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that is necessary even if you are in the digital field. You might not even have a, uh, an, an open office or any... Uh, environment at all you might your environment be, might be digital uh, I think it's important even there because if you look at the platforms today like where the platform we are on now or any platform uh, when it comes to sound hmm. the quality is like I would say well not lousy. the best <laughs> no. and and um, and people today have like good, you know, headphones and, and good quality devices and those kind of things. So if your brand uh, allows sound, make sure that you will have it in the right way, because that is something that people, I think, in the future would take for granted. Mm, mm. Yeah. And maybe some brands like uh, Mood Stockholm, be brave, open up, do yeah. more experience. Yeah welcome sound and yeah. see what kind of 
fun gaming experience yeah. you can yeah. create for the customers. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't if you don't have the budget or you don't want to do it like 100% all in, you could always start with something and uh, and you know start with a small thing and grow from there because I think if when you start to work as a customer and brand with sound uh, you if it's if it's rightly done then i never met a customer that did something small that didn't continue growing with it yeah uh, so uh, play around you know try it out and uh, yeah thank you very much margareta it's been a pleasure talking to you and learning about your experiences Thank you. My pleasure. I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day then. Well, that's all for today's episode of The Power of Audio, Science and AI. I'm Jasmine Moradi, your host, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and support by sharing this content on your social media. This episode is supported by Stockholm Music City.